Welcome to the Booktopia podcast. I'm Olivia and it's pretty cosy here in the podcasting booth today because I'm sitting here with our Booktopia Books dream team. We have our fiction specialist, Ben Hunter. Hello. Our non-fiction specialist, Joel Nayum. Hi. Our lifestyle specialist, Shanu Prasad. Hello. And our kids and YA specialist, Sarah McDooling. Hi. Hi, guys. Welcome. So today we are super excited because it is the beginning of Booktoberfest. Yes! <laughs> so for everyone listening at home, Booktoberfest is our annual month-long celebration of books and the people who write, publish and read them. We have a huge campaign running on our website that is packed with all of these incredible books that are either just released or coming out very soon and we really just want to talk about them. So today's podcast will be a big juicy celebratory discussion about books. Which ones are new and exciting? Which ones are game changers or trendsetters? Which ones we're looking forward to the most? And which ones might just be the dark horse in the running that will take everyone by surprise? So settle in, grab a cuppa, and let's get right into it. That was a stellar introduction, Leah. Thank you. I wrote it specially <laughs> 20 minutes ago. <laughs> so I guess let's just start with an easy one and I'm just going to throw this out there for all of you. So what is new and exciting in your genre? Like are there any new books that have changed the game or started a new trend or what's just really grabbing the readers? So. Young Takemi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that there's, we've got, um, we've got Young Takemi came out earlier this year and then since then we've just had this great surge in uh, books that are exploring Indigenous cultures. And we've got Welcome to Countries just come out by Marsha Langton and a little bit, I think, next month. That's the kids' edition. The kids' edition, sorry. So yeah. I should point out that both of the books you just mentioned Oh, do <laughs> they also non-fiction have non-fiction books. adult versions, Joel, <laughs> that you might like to talk about? <laughs> it's true. Um, these are the junior versions of very popular best-selling non-fiction titles. One that isn't, doesn't fit that mould um, that's coming that I'm really excited about is Kui Mitagar, which um, is like, that's, I've, I'm really looking forward to actually holding a copy in my hands. Um, and what, are, can I keep talking about kids or should I let someone else have a chance to talk <laughs> about it? We should point out that actually, <laughs> weirdly, most of the books we're talking about, we haven't actually touched. <laughs> right? Yeah, or have seen, you know, maybe uh, seen internals for, but not. Yeah. yeah, and in some cases we've read some of the book. So we're really talking quite speculatively here about what we think is going to be exciting. It's true. Mm. It's what we'd love to do best. Yes, <laughs> speculate wildly. <laughs> <laughs> I think in general a trend in, well, certainly in nonfiction and it seems to be going through to kids when the kids' editions come out is this sort of socially conscious publishing that's been mm. happening. And I think there's a huge amount of books coming off the back of um, Me Too, coming off the back of the marriage equality fight. Um, there's just a bunch of books coming down the pipeline that ha- that are sort of more socially conscious. And Shanu, one of your biggest cookbooks is all about ethical fish. That is correct. Well, the fish aren't ethical. The fish are just fish. <laughs> but um, how we uh, treat the fish, hopefully, is, uh, is, is about being ethical um, in using the whole fish. So Josh Nyland's The Whole Fish Cookbook, um, has it's not even... Um, 
you could say it's revolutionary because no one else really does what he does. And the fact that he's an Australian chef with a little restaurant in Paddington is um, amazing. He's so young too. He's so young and he has so many famous friends. Like you, they had to put a wrap around the book to fit all of the amazing comments they got from Nigella and Jamie and Otolenghi. So every name you can think of in the food industry is um, obsessed with this guy. Um, But not only that, we also have um, Matthew Evans's book, The Commons, which Mm -hmm. um, Matthew Evans wrote a really groundbreaking book earlier this year on eating meat. And he's followed that up with a fantastic cookbook, really beautiful cookbook um, called The Commons, which is all about um, living and working on his farm, um, Fat Pig Farm in Tasmania. And the recipes that he's included in the book are absolutely divine. Not just meat recipes, also beautiful vegetable recipes because he does grow a lot of crops as well as um, animals on his farm. And so, you know, you can really see that trend of um, being socially aware and sustainable, kind of, um, you know, being sort of what is it that we're, um, what are we about, what do we what do we want to do for the future, really coming through, um, I think, all of our categories. Mm. But what, about, what about you, Ben? What's, what's happening in fiction? Uh, in fiction, uh, I've got this big, beautiful book that's just leading the charge in the whole category, and that's The Testaments by Margaret Atwood. Um, I've read it, Olivia's read it. Um, uh, I think Joel, you listened to the audiobook. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's incredible. Uh, it's, it's everything I hoped it would be and more. Um, and it's, I think it's going to drive a lot of traffic into bookshops, onto our beautiful website. Um, and, yeah, that, that is, that's just a huge phenomenon in publishing, one of those things that sort of breaks the mould and, and sort of stretches beyond the boundaries of, you know, traditional book buyers and, and gets everyone going for it. Um, in fiction, it's also, um, it seems to be the year of women. Um, I mean, it's, there's always been women inc- writing incredible books, um, but this year across every genre, I'm seeing um, commercial fiction, crime fiction, thrillers, fantasy, um, certainly literary fiction. I'm seeing some really strong books and they're on the top of the bestseller charts and they're written by women, um, a lot of Australian women too. Um, Bruni by Heather Rose is going to be huge. Charlotte Wood's new book, The Weekend, is going to be huge. Um, uh, Silka's Journey by uh, Heather Morris, the author of The Tattooist of Auschwitz, already is huge. Um, if you're not on that already, uh, get on it. It's, yeah, it's probably the, what, after the Testaments, it's the biggest sequel of the year for sure. Absolutely. So much going on. Uh, we've got a book very close to my heart in the kids category that I that did actually bring tears of emotion to my eyes, which is The Return of Thelma the Unicorn, <laughs> which is, in my mind, a perfect sequel because it's the Thelma the, the Unicorn. Sequel. Yeah, Thelma the Unicorn is a beloved Aaron Blaby book. In fact, when he was here, he said that Thelma alone has sold the same amount as many of his entire series have sold. That could not. That may not be exactly accurate, but he said something along those lines. Either, <laughs> and I all you need it. to know is that is an insane bestseller. It's, yeah, and it's a beautiful book about being true to yourself. And it didn't necessarily need a sequel, but the sequel that has come along just finishes the story in such a great way. It's a great message for kids. It's funny because it's Aaron Blavy. It's really sparkly <laughs> because it's <laughs> Thelma, and it's it's honestly it's one of my favorites. I'm going to be giving it to. Both of my nieces this Christmas. I've already pre-ordered my copy (laughs) for my kids. (laughs) It's one of their favourite books. I think that's a firm star favourite. Such a great duology. Like if you you are out there in the world with kids or looking for a good present for kids, buy them both. Get them Mm. Thelma and then The Return of Thelma. Because it's also being made into a TV series. Movie? 
That is true, Netflix. I Netflix, think is yes. doing it sometime next year. So you will definitely not be hearing the last of Thelma the Unicorn, that's for sure. <laughs> so this next question kind of runs off the back of, you know, what's new and exciting. Um, is there anything major that you think has changed in the book world this year? Like what's happening in the Australian book industry in 2019? I'm just throwing this out there for all of you. Well, we kind of well, we kind of just touched on it a little bit, right? Yeah. Like um, those are the, you can I go think deeper. those are the publishing trends. I think there's a sort of reactionary thing happening in publishing at the moment. Um, because last year was such, such a big year for these tentpole, huge tentpole books that were just selling and selling and selling and selling. And those have continued to be the best sellers for the whole year. Like so Boy talking Swallows about Boy Swallows Universe. Normal people. Yeah, Moriarty, uh, Marcus Zusak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm thinking even like Subtle Art and um, Scott Pape as well. Yeah. Those oh, yeah. books just ca- have... Scott Pape's con- actually a couple of years old. Yes, <laughs> and so, and so is Subtle Art. But yeah. these books, those books sort of were the best-selling books of last year, right? So... I think they, ha- they those books are declining but are still the biggest books of the year. So I think we're left with this power vacuum of books. And I think all of us have said, we do, other than the Testaments, I think, really we don't know for certain what are going to be the absolute biggest books of this year. And that's quite exciting. I th- we've got, got some pretty ob- obvious bets. Yeah. Um, but whether any of them will be, you know, as big as any of those other books we've just mentioned remains to be seen. I I assume one of them at least will. You can't always pick the ones. Sometimes they come out of nowhere. But, I mean, I know I've got a lot of uh, hope writing on the illustrated Harry Potter Goblet of Fire. That is gorgeous. (laughs) Which um, is one that we have picked inside but not yet seen a finished copy of. I'm really excited to see that. And also really excited to see how thick it is this year because... This one's been like two years in the making, hasn't it? Yeah, and it's a very long book and they do not... A Bridget, <laughs> but they add illustrations. <laughs> so you might also be able to use that one as a doorstop. You know, multitasking. That's a exciting. Hint. Yeah. A breakout book I'm uh, hedging my money on is, well, it's not a breakout book. Uh, this woman is incredible. Uh, Anne Patchett, uh, The oh, Dutch yes. House. Uh, everyone who has touched that book, seen that book, and opened up and read the words inside it has just come back with the most glowing, uh, satisfied response to it. It's it's now joined my sort of short list of books that I just recommend to everyone, uh, no matter what they sort of the reading level, reading taste is. It's just it's the perfect book. It's like a kind of dark fairy tale. I read and like I was read, thinking that as I was reading it, and I read a review the other day. I think it was in the Guardian that it's like she's written a dark kind of fairy tale for adults, but not in a twee or like whimsical way. It's just really heartbreaking look at family dynamics and you know what family legacy can do to you. Yeah, and not to bring the shallow, but it's a beautiful book as well. Oh, yeah, it's stunning to look at. <laughs> a gorgeous cover. Um, and I, I also read this book, and if anyone knows the kinds of books I read, I'm more of a young adult fiction um, contemporary person as opposed to a literary fiction um, reader. But um, I also loved the book, and um, it particularly resonated with me because you know one of the characters in the book is actually a house. And it works for me because as a lifestyle category manager, um, architecture <laughs> is actually one of my really great interests. This book has so, crossover <laughs> appeal. So it actually, it is absolutely true that you don't have to um, be any kind of particular reader uh, to, uh, to enjoy, enjoy the book for sure. Mm. Okay, so next question, I guess, is one that you can get a little personal with. Um, what is the one, one book coming out very soon or maybe just been released that 
No, wait, I've stuffed myself up. What is the one book coming out soon that you are really looking forward to? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do we all need a minute? Okay, I, I, I mean... The one Secret book we're really looking forward by to. Philip <gasps> yes, <laughs> please. I need that book right now. Yeah. I needed that book yesterday. Yeah, that one. That one is high, high, high up because mm, uh, it's Lyra Balakwa twenty years later. Yes, this is the one where I remember when they first announced that they that he was returning and was going to be writing um, more books for, connected to his dark material. I um, I wanted to know what happened to Lyra, I wanted to see her grown up. And we didn't get that in um, the f- in La Belle Sauvage. I still loved that it. That book is gorgeous. It's great. I loved that book. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a beautiful book and no complaints. But this is the one when I first heard about it that I, that I really wanted. So I'm super excited for that. And I'm really trying to convince myself not to buy the special limited signed edition. Buy it. Treat yourself. <laughs> Join me. I already have one. Treat yourself. <laughs> Don't make me look like the only weirdo in the office that will spend like $50 on one book. It's like a daily battle. So far I've won every day not to buy it. So beautiful. And it's burgundy. <laughs> it's burgundy. <laughs> it is. With gold detail. It's very beautiful in the slipcase. And I'm not just saying this in a salesy way. I desperately want this book and I'm trying to convince myself not to buy it. <laughs> Do it. We have afterpay. <laughs> <laughs> the book that I'm most excited about, I think that's been anticipated in nonfiction the whole year, is the Elton John yes. um, autobiography, yeah. which has been teased for us since I started at Booktopia. Um, it's hu- I think it's going to be absolutely huge. Um, the UK publishers have been saying it's basically their replacement for um, Becoming by Michelle Obama, which is has been an absolute juggernaut of a book. So if that's what they if that's how they're thinking of it, I think. Um, it's going to be absolutely massive. And I've heard nothing but good things about the actual book as well. Yeah. Um, I've talked to some people who have had access to pages at the point that it was being acquired. So like just the sample before it was edited and they were they were like, everyone was talking about it at the time. Uh, and then they had to delete all those pages. So I, <laughs> I haven't actually read anything except the, se- the very brief samples that the publisher has sent. But I'm super excited about it. And I think combined with the off the back of the film, yeah. which was very well received. Um, I think that'll be really exciting. It's beautiful. I um, believe a lot of people will be getting that for Christmas. I hope to be yes. one of them. Just search for Elton John and not for me, because <laughs> then you probably <laughs> won't find it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm grabbing a microphone. Um, uh, uh, I have a book on my um, bedside table that I have not opened yet, um, and I'm feel horribly guilty about it because I know it's going to be very important. Uh, it's uh, Damascus by Christos Stolkis, um, author of The Slap and Barracuda. Um, uh, his last set of short stories is now a couple of years ago, I think. And even that was just awesome. Everything this guy has written has really struck a chord. So uh, that's that's going to be really huge for me. Um the weekend I mentioned really briefly earlier by Charlotte Wood, um, that brings her um, very uh, caustic humour um, to like a whole new level. She's um, yeah, really kicked a goal with that book. I have read that book and it is incredible. Uh, now that Ben has mentioned two books, I'm also going to mention two books. So thank you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my first book is um, a cookbook, but it's very different from the other cookbooks I've mentioned before. It's um, Catherine Sabbath's uh, 
Bake Australia Great, where she just takes inspiration from all of our favourite Australian traditions like fairy bread and favourite like icons like Dame Edna, Edna, also budgie smugglers, and makes cakes out of them. (laughs) Um, I've uh, been lucky enough uh, to uh, get a copy. And so I've already started baking out of it and I've made fruit tingle buttercream. Very successful. Which has been enjoyed by, I think, everyone in the office, I hope. Not and, me uh, yet. Well, you're on keto. We can't. <laughs> no, I'm on a break. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll make you more. I'll, I'll make you more, Joel. I'll bring some in tomorrow. <laughs> um, and so it's it's going to be such a great book. I have friends that have, um, are dying to, to get their hands on a copy and it comes out in a couple of weeks. So they're very excited. Is it? Is that the one that's uh, there's a, um, a special recipe for on the blog? Yeah, there is. You can learn how to. <laughs> this is a shameless plug. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Basically, um, we were lucky enough to get an extract from the book from Bake Australia Great, and you can learn how to make a pavlova that's in the shape of the Sydney Opera House. I love and that. It's beautiful. It is amazing. There are spiced peaches. There is vanilla. There are beautiful raspberry white chocolate swirls. I kind of want to give it a go myself. Head on over to the Booktopia blog. Stop! (laughs) (laughs) You just made it weird now. We've just been selling books for the last 20 minutes, guys. Shani, what was your... so ashamed. Shani, what was the other book you had to sell? Right, so my my other book is another absolute personal um, favourite and I have only seen a few sneak peeks inside, but um, it's called Step Into Paradise and it is the most gorgeous book um, basically chronicling the career of um, Australian fashion sort of icons, uh, Jenny Key and Linda Jackson. Um, It's in conjunction with an exhibition that if you're lucky enough to be um, coming up to Sydney um, in the next few months, you'll be able to see at Mouse or the Powerhouse Museum as we generally refer to it, um, which is just going to uh, chronicle their whole career, um, the amazing work they did um, with their label Flamingo Park, which again, it's actually kind of interesting because it's very, very, very Australiana, the work they did then. We're talking of the Opera House, the, one of the most beautiful um, pictures that I've seen so far is of an amazing um, two-piece set that uh, is basically recreating the Opera House but in a dress. And I mean, like, who doesn't want to, who wouldn't want to wear that now? <laughs> Um, so I think it's really great that both of the, the books that I've been drawn to have this real kind of quirky um, Australiana kind of elements to them. It's all about Sydney Opera House this year. <laughs> Pavlova and dress. Um, well, to, uh, in a completely different direction. <laughs> um, so I'm looking after the uh, big ideas section of the Booktoberfest um, launch, which is all about um, science, history, um, you know, society and culture ideas, and the the big I think the big title coming out of that is going to be the new Bill Bryson book, which is called The Body: A Guide for Occupants. Um, <laughs> Best title ever. <laughs> no, right? Um, I love Bill Bryson books. I haven't read this one yet, but I ha- have no doubt whatsoever that um, it's going to be wonderful. Um, that this t- type of pop science has been working. Is just like putters along for has puttered along for years and years and years. It's going to be one of those books that just I think there's a, there's everybody has at least two family members um, who will have this book under their Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> I know which two in my family. <laughs> <laughs> don't they might listen to this? <laughs> uh, if I don't if I don't um, uh, <laughs> flag it in advance, they'll just buy it for themselves. So. <laughs> um, so I think that's going to be a massive one. Um, the other ones in in that category, I think that it's such a weird 
category. We had to come up with something that was going to fit all these books that didn't quite fit anywhere else. Um, because you can't just have history because there's not enough history books and you can't just have um, science because there's not quite enough science books. So instead we just put them all together and then we They're have all ideas. these these Fine. massive current affairs books. So the two that I'm most excited by in that area are the um, uh, the She Said, she said, which is by the two authors of um, the original piece that broke the story, um, the meet, that started the Me Too movement. Um, and they're telling the story around that article and how they did the research and the sort of insane sort of political and spy manoeuvring that happened um, by the various operatives for Harvey Weinstein that um, trying to stop them from revealing the story, which is which is awesome and I think will be really interesting. That's the one by Jody Cantor and Megan Tui. Tui, I think. Yeah, Tui. Um, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that. Um, that I think will be really interesting. And then in the same ballpark um, is the Ronan Farrow book, Catch and Kill, which is about um, – it's a related story. Ronan Farrow has been very involved in the Me Too movement. But um, this story is, is about how um, very powerful people, in, usually in the media or with a media profile, um, organise with their friends in a um, tabloid magazine or newspaper – to have them buy the exclusive rights to stories that might harm their profile and then they bury the story and, and refuse to release it. So they buy it and so they catch it and kill it. Um, I'm so interested that's insane, in that yeah. book. That, I, I, really, I really find that a fascinating idea. Like what happens – is this a dumb question? What happens if you've bought the exclusive right to a story and someone else breaks it? What are they liable for? Because the stories aren't – it's not stories that get broken because they're by – it's usually – so Stormy Daniels is a good example. That's the classic example. Um, Donald Accused Donald Trump of having paid her for sex, basically, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the details of that story escape me. <laughs> They've been caught and killed. Uh, they were caught and killed. And so she, but so she was shopping her story around. No one else had it. No one else could have found it out without uh -huh. her telling them. And there's – and because she was trying to shop it around. And so people ha don't have very much sympathy for the people who shop their story around like this. Yeah. And so it has that added benefit to it that the story ends up getting hidden away and forgotten um, quite quickly because the person themselves isn't allowed to comment on the record. It's usually about someone and it's usually about some sexual misdeed. And we don't actually know what the subject of the Catch and Kill book is. So Catch and Kill has a number of subjects around okay. the world and there's – genuine new reporting in it and you know we have heard witterings about possible Australian connections we don't know anything yet specifically so I'm really excited I'm not sure how much we're I like. think you've fired um Sarah's true crime neurons yeah and I want it yeah so it's like I think it, it'll appeal to people who like true crime but it'll also appeal to like the me too people and the um it's just got seems really timely uh, yeah I think it's going to be awesome really interesting read and depressing <laughs> Love it. You've really sold that one to me. <laughs> All right. So my final question for today, and we've kind of already touched on this, but I want you to dig a little bit deeper. Um, so are there any up-and-coming authors or underdog books in your category that we should be on the lookout for? The book that no one has heard of that's, but that's going to blow everyone out of the water, Three Women by Lisa Tadeo style. Let me pass it over to you guys. I've got some... Uh I've got some. I've got books that have already taken me by surprise. Um, uh, this this is the answer to your question, <laughs> but um, 
this book I knew was going to be big, but just the reaction, the anticipation of it uh, has really taken me by surprise. And it's, um, and the quality of the book, having just read it as well, uh, Christian White's The Wife and the Widow um, in the thriller category is, uh, yeah, the kind of follow-up book um, of that category. Uh, absolutely awesome. So Christian White um, blew everyone out of the water with The Nowhere Child. And now he's back with this book, which is tight. It's um, psychological. It gets you guessing. It's all claustrophobically condensed on this eerie um, island. Um, yeah, uh, just uh, totally took me by surprise. And the anticipation for that is is really exciting. Um, uh, another one that I read and fell in love with, but I didn't realize just the level of respect and adoration that this person has is um fable parrot um she's got a new book called um there was still love um which is a love letter to grandparents it's an immigrant story it's little it's beautiful and it just brought me to tears um and the yeah the level of um uh adoration coming from booksellers from readers all over the country it's just huge um one thing that is um, very small fry in comparison to all these huge books um, that, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be everyone's cup of tea. It's a, a very challenging book um, and it's uh, confronting, it's tricky, it's very academic. It took a lot of research to put this book together. Um, is a novel called Paris Savages um, by Catherine Johnson. Uh, which is about um, three Bajala Nation Australians who were exported to Europe as human exhibits um, in the 18th century and their experience and the experience of the people that decided that that was a good idea. Mm. That sounds awesome. Grim. <laughs> yeah, good. It's dark, but it sounds really good. Yes. Um, have you got yours today, Rose? Yeah. I, the Dark I, Horse Picks. I don't know. I, this doesn't really qualify as a Dark Horse Pick, but I just want to seize the opportunity to talk about a book I haven't talked about yet. Can I do that? Yeah. Like, so <laughs> I'll frame this in... It can be big books. It's just if, yeah. like... Well, no, it's... No. Look, it's already out. So the book I particularly want to talk about is Under the Stars, Astrophysics for Bedtime by Lisa Harvey Smith, that I'm actually holding in my hand. Um, this book, when I first heard about it, I thought, oh, this you know, this is going to be good. But I didn't think I realised how how much people, there's an appetite for this at the moment. And I think it traces back to what, I guess what we sort of touched on earlier. In kids, we've got so many big books coming up. We've got an illustrated Harry Potters and our wimpy hits coming and huge books from massive authors like Ando and Emily Rodder and Aaron Blaby. But where we're seeing these like big, unexpected, sudden uh, successes that come out of nowhere um, is in kids' nonfiction. And this book didn't exactly come out of nowhere. I knew about it before it came out, but it is gorgeous. It's um, Lisa Harvey-Smith is an astrophysicist and she's written this gorgeous book that just explains the solar system to kids in little stories. It's got beautifully illustrated, colourful pictures, um, it's like little bedtime stories for kids about planets and explaining things like why Jupiter has stripes on it and like, you know, just anything that anything that you can imagine in space in this simple, charming, beautiful way. And people are loving it. Like it is 
It's selling really well. I think it's a great gift um, for curious young minds. I think it's the sort of thing um, that will fire up young kids to be um, interested in space who may not have previously really cared. <laughs> I don't know. It's my That's turn. my it's my it's my one of my favorites. It's very cute. Like I can't express to you how in a podcast having visual aids isn't so helpful because none of you <laughs> none of you listening can see. But, but you can if find you can some visual aids because yeah. we have a Q&A. It's my turn to do a shameless shout out. Oh yeah, uh, we have Head a Q&A over to the from Booktopia blog. <laughs> we have a Q&A with Lisa Harvey Smith on the blog if you are interested in reading about the book and about her. It's really interesting and there are some cute little illustrations. You'll be able anyway, to see the picture. So shameless cute. plug over. It is so cute. I really I'll, I'll stop talking about it now, but I love it. That's adorable. <laughs> Um, my, I have two. First one is a bigger book, or I think I think will be a bigger book. Um, is Claire Bowditch's book, um, which is Your Own Kind of Girl. Um, it's again, I haven't read the whole book yet, but from what I've read so far, it is so wonderful and moving and interesting. Uh, Claire is a um, singer, a musician. Uh, who's been around for a long time, but but hasn't, I don't think, I think if you're not into music, you may not have ever heard of her. So you might not come into it as a music fan, but it's it crosses genres in a, in an interesting way. We've got lots of music bios this year. This is not a music bio, this is a, um, a memoir of mm. a person's life. And she's just a really interesting narrator. And it's just a very fascinating story. And, and it has to be one of the most charismatic people around. So like, charismatic. So she's kind of, I've met her... Uh, once and t- talked to her on the phone a couple of times through work and she's she's so lovely and charismatic and she's coming into the office to sign copies so that will be really exciting um so i'm really excited about that whole book i think it's going to be amazing my other pick is um a book that is also already out um by chloe higgins the girls this is like a quiet achiever i really want it to do better I think it's an amazing book. It's one of those things. It's got quite a dark premise. The 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 um, it's a memoir written by a young woman who, when she was quite young, when she was doing her H S C, um, her two sisters were in a car accident with her with her dad, and and they both died. And it's sort of about her dealing with that grief, but also just and spinning off in all sorts of directions. She she you know she has drug experience. She's a issues with mental illness it's one of those stories that um could be really alien but it's not it's really empathetic and anyone even if you've never been through anything like that before should read it because it's it's like having your life reflected back at you in the same way that i think three women felt to some people in that three women is not a universal story and yet there are elements of all those stories that reflect back to you so i I, that's a real big pick for me i think it's in the zeitgeist I think people should read it. Good picks. Just to change the tone of... <laughs> the Away from death. Uh, to um, cooking. Uh, <laughs> nice segue. Uh, great segue. <laughs> um, it's, 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 it's what it's like every day here. It's like we're talking, we talk about the happy things and we talk about the sad things and it's, um, that's the wonderful world of reading. Um, so my, um, my first pick of a book that um, in America is actually already quite quite big it's um it's this this uh chef uh who's written the book is doing like stadium tours basically um but he's less well known in australia so it's um sean brock um who's basically known as the kind of 
the guy to go to for Southern cuisine in America. Um, and his book is um, called South. He's written a couple of books before, um, but I think this one really um, brings together everything that um, he's been trying to sort of um, do in the food world. And it really kind of gives you a real grounding into Southern food and what Southern food can be. And that it's, um, you know, there's grits, there's, um, there's, you know, there's barbecue, there's all these things, but it's actually a lot more than that. And um, he is a really fascinating guy. And um, the book is a beautiful, beautiful book. So it's, it's as good to look through and just read as, it, as well as um, uh, actually cook from as well. So I think um, a lot of Australians have a really great interest in American cuisine. And I think that this book will um, be the one that you'd want to be giving to any person you know that has any slight interest in it at all. Um, so I would definitely recommend um, Sean Brock South. And the other, it's not a cookbook, but it's in, it's in the food and drink family, is um, a book called Hungry um, by um, a journalist uh, Jeff Gordner. He basically followed uh, Rene Redzepi, the, um, the chef from Noma, around the world for four years. During the sort of the time of when Noma sort of gets named um, the best restaurant in the world, through to the time he Noma's, um, closes down that restaurant and does pop-ups um, in Tokyo, in Sydney, um, and in Mexico. And I was lucky enough to actually go to that um, to that pop-up in uh, Tulum. And so it was actually really personally fascinating for me to read about that. Um, but also, I think it's it's a really great insight into what it takes to be. Um, that really kind of high-end chef and um, it was also not just an insight into that but also into um, the author himself he's a he's a great writer and he, he's written about food for a really long time but it's a really accessible book for anyone that's kind of interested in men and masculinity and um, what that means um, in terms of going through that kind of like crisis of self um, so it's actually a lot deeper than you would um, imagine it to be so um, they're my two sort of food uh, my food, um, my food picks. Um, in my other sort of area I'm looking after, which is we're calling the lavish category, so it's all the big, beautiful books that you you want to like show off to everyone <laughs> that you own. <laughs> um, my um, a sort of uh, sort of one that I think the the cover is beautiful, but I don't think it shows how beautiful the book is actually going to be. Is um, a book called um, Ballerina, which is basically all about the influence that. Um, that ballet has had in the last sort of 120 years on fashion. And it's, um, it's a, like a history of, of ballet and of fashion together, but it's also just got the most amazing images in it. And if you're a person that is interested in any of those topics, um, then you will enjoy this book. Well, I mean, on the topic of books about ballet, <laughs> so, I do feel that I can't not I can't go through a Booktoberfest podcast and not call out to one of the hugest selling kids books at the moment, which is Emma Wiggles' Ballet Alphabet, which is, first of all, a really beautiful book. It's hardcover. Uh, illustration's really beautiful. And it's it's literally an ABC, except all of the um, letters are... It's like A for arabesque and P for pirouette. Yes, exactly. And it is like... <laughs> I, don't know any, I don't know any other ballet. Other words to do with other ballet. Other words to do with ballet. I have to rely on Chanel here. What, what, like what other ballet words are there? B for <laughs> um, ballet. <laughs> uh, there are lots of ballet words that, um, 
<laughs> I'm not sure. I haven't get. I haven't been lucky enough to see inside the book yet, it so is, I'm not sure which ones they have. They have picked. It is an amazing book. I looked through the internals on the website because yeah. I was deciding whether to get it for my kids. Oh, what did you decide, um, Joel? I just <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, I don't know these words. <laughs> it is for for dancers, for yeah. little dancers. Which um, you know, once I think it's. Once my kids start doing dancing classes, which my son will definitely be doing ballet, um, for sure. But we just can't, we actually can't keep this book in stock. It is flying. Like, it's Wiggles, so of course, and Emma Wiggle is beloved. Um, But yeah, definitely if you know of a little dancer, there's a perfect Christmas present. I want to just shout out (laughs) one more book because it's breaking news. This is ridiculous. It's breaking news. (laughs) We have to wrap this up, Joel. It's literally just... (laughs) been announced and we have sold 200 copies in half an hour what um when all is said and done by neil danaher has just been launched and it's probably by the time you hear this podcast you'll have already heard about the book because it's going to be talked about at the afl grand final on the weekend and everywhere else but i just wanted to mention it because a friend of mine edited this book so she has i have not read a single page because it's been under under wraps but a friend of mine edited it said it was beautiful made her cry it's about neil danaher who is a sort of uh coach and player from afl the world of afl but he has um motor neuron disease and is dying and he the, the the book is sort of like a letter to the grandchildren he'll you know never get to know and it's this apparently it's just Absolutely amazing. So I just want to shout that before we wrap up because I think it'll be massive. I'm not going to shout out any more books. I'm just going to edit myself because earlier I said 18th century. No, yeah, 18th century when I meant 19th century or 1800s. I'm just so editing if myself. you attempted to call in and correct Ben, that is done. Correct it. We're getting like a really annoyed look from Olivia. You are all ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, come and work in a bookstore, everyone. It's this fun all the time. <laughs> all right, I think we are going to have to leave it here because we are bordering on the 40-minute mark. And I don't know about you guys, but my podcast attention does not go for that long. So thank you guys <laughs> for coming and stop. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for coming and sharing your bookish wisdom with us all. Um, I don't know about you at home, but I am so excited about all of these books. I need the secret Commonwealth right now. Literally right now. Um, so you can find any of the books that we have talked about here today on online at booktopia.com.au on our special Booktoberfest, bleh, Booktoberfest campaign page. We might, re- <laughs> we might redo this. No, outro. we're keeping every perfect You can find out. every book mentioned in this podcast on the, the Booktoberfest page at booktopia.com.au. You cannot miss it. There will be banners everywhere and we are just going to be obsessively talking about it for the next month. Happy Booktoberfest! Yay! Yay! Yay. Happy Booktoberfest! <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Booktopia podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if your eyeballs need a workout, check us out on YouTube at Booktopia TV. And don't forget for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the Booktopia podcast, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.